Welcome to The Confessional. I'm Mike Moran. Tell us your deepest, your creepiest, your funniest. Confess to us. No one's listening. All right, everybody, welcome back to another confessional quarantine edition. This is Mike Moran, your host. If you would, uh, if you'd like to participate in the confessional, come find us on Facebook. We're the Confessional Podcast everywhere, Instagram, all that stuff. Being that we are in quarantine, we do not have our producer Jimmy with us, but we do have our guest producer slash guest co-host, one of my best friends. One of the coolest people you'll ever know from the band War on Women. We have Sue Werner today. Hi, everybody. How you doing, Sue? You know, what can you say? Absolutely. <laughs> what do you got going on music-wise right now? Uh, um, new album coming out. New right? album coming out at some point. Um, we are do- we're actually uh, doing a, like a listening party for our Capture the Flag album. Um on Saturday. That's fun. Yeah. Um, it should be kind of cool. Uh, I don't know if you follow, if you go to like, uh, our Instagram or Facebook, um, there's more info about that, Cool. but it'll be Saturday, May 16th. Awesome. Now, Sue, what we have a very, very special episode today. You know why? No. Two reasons. Two reasons. Two of my favorite things in the world are converging right now. Do you understand that? What? Neither. We're not either of them. (laughs) We have, a member of the Ramones, CJ Ramone in the house. How are you, CJ? All right. And you know what we're talking to? What? The Lighthouse. We're talking to the Lighthouse? We're talking yeah. the... No, that's, that's not a nickname for CJ. That's, uh... <laughs> <laughs> CJ, um, Sue and I love this movie. Yeah. I noticed on something that you do as well. Oh, I loved it. Unbelievable. Best of the 2019? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think so too. No, number one of 2019. Um, possibly, um, either that one or the Malik film. Um, Ooh, the name just ran out of my head. Malik? Malik put out a film last year and I'm a huge Malik fan, but this film, um, Malik's film was very much, um, his, uh, it's very much what you would have expected from him. Okay. This movie encompassed all of my absolute favorite things in cinema. It had awesome. just, it really has everything. This film accomplished what a lot of films don't accomplish. And the fact that it got snubbed by the, um, uh, you know, by the uh, Academy Awards right. just makes it even that much better. Yeah, you know, yeah. Of course, I'm a huge fan of underground you know, outside sure, everything type of stuff. And this film just really hit all the right places for me. I really, really dug it from the casting to, mm. to it being filmed in black and white to the location, mm. to the right. language, everything was just so done so well. Edgar, Absolutely. This, this is definitely going to, this film will probably be um, appreciated more as time goes on than it was when it actually came Absolutely. out. Absolutely, I, th- I think I think so. I think so too. Definitely, That's a uh, true but classic film. 
Sure, I agree. Before we get too deep into the lighthouse, let's just uh you, you have anything you like to plug up front, CJ? I know you- I have a, a a record out called um my last record was called The Holy Spell. That came out. Um that's out on Fat Records, but uh you know, it's been out a little while. It's available through Fat Records. Um cool. I'm all over social media with Instagram, the T H E E C J Ramon and Facebook. I'm pretty active on social media and stuff, but I'm actually uh, this, this little break in the action here with the quarantine has afforded me, um, the time and opportunity to do something I've been wanting to do for a long time, which was, uh, do more, more of like an acoustic style record. So that's what I've been writing. Oh, nice. You know, that's going to be called. No, I don't. Not yet. (laughs) <laughs> are you uh are you doing covers on it or all originals no all originals, all originals. awesome yeah yeah you had that that great uh ballad tommy's gone that, that was yeah. acoustic wasn't it yeah 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 that was a good I, one i've done a couple along the way a couple of uh songs that were uh, are kind of in that um in that wheelhouse and i awesome uh, it was kind of just you know making my way there slowly and i'm old enough now and i've been through enough and toured long enough to actually be able to sit down and write something retrospective and sure, introspective sure. and uh and do it acoustically and have it sound um legitimate and not uh you know not that's great man hey, hey i have a i have a question cj for you i was i was i was looking at your wikipedia page and it was t- and, I, and i noticed that you uh worked with steve soto yeah um like uh what 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 band was that um, that was with my own band with uh, CJ. I just go out of CJ Ramon. That's oh, cool, cool, cool. Go out of yeah. But Steve, were, Steve actually was with me from the beginning when I embarked on my uh, when I did my first record coming back as CJ Ramon. Steve was absolutely one hundred percent the guy who was there by my side the whole time. He brought all the players in. He hooked me up with the studio and and you know and helped me tweak my songs and. Steve and I were friends for years and years and years. In fact, I have a on my last record, I wrote a uh, a song for Steve called "Rock On." And oh man, I can't wait to listen to that. Yeah, yeah it's it's on it's on the Holy Spell. In fact, it's the last song on the record. He is a wonderful. He well, he was a wonderful human being, and Absolutely. I'm so glad that I got to like n- you know know him and be his friend for a little while. Like uh, we, uh, my band did uh, like that Warp Tour 2017 or whatever. Yep that adolescents did, you know, yeah. and, uh, you know, we, he was on like the stage next to ours. So like, you know, we hung out all the time. It was great, uh, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. man, I don't know. It was, it, and it was just, it was really, really sad, uh, you know, to hear about. Yeah. Big loss. Definitely a big loss, but the, yeah, the for thing sure. is, is that Steve was so prolific during his life as far as putting out his own records and adolescent stuff and, you know, uh, aid, play with Agent Orange. He was so prolific and just constantly did music that he really left a lot of good stuff behind. And that's oh, for what sure. I remind people of is mm-hmm. like, you know, it, it, it always sucks when you lose somebody that talented and, and somebody with a heart like Steve had. And, um, uh, definitely, and you, but you, you know, the, the silver lining to it is, is that he did leave a pretty extensive, uh, collection of music behind and his uh, incredible singing voice on top of it. God, seriously, man, those harmonies. Are you kidding? Yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> now, Sue, you opened for CJ's band at one point. I didn't think you? so. It, in Baltimore at Metro gallery. I don't even remember what band I was playing with. Oh, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was probably like 2013 or 2014 maybe. Right. Uh, 
Anyway, <laughs> at Mexico, okay. I remember that place. I remember yeah. that place. That's a cool venue. It is. Yeah, it is. It's an art space, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 They, and, you know, they've, they, they've like, um, it's yeah, it, 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 it's really great, you know, um, and uh, I, uh, I hope it is able to survive yeah i hope so too yeah. right, cj i know you were you were doing your retirement tour when uh, this happened are you what's what's the plan with that now yeah so the um you know i'm I, i'm gonna uh i'm probably gonna go out and do some acoustic stuff but i'm not i don't think i'll be going out to do um uh full, band. Do full on full band tours like i was okay you know it's funny. I actually had a lot of health problems over the last few years that I was fighting. Oh. Um, and it, and as hard as I tore, um, it yeah, really yeah. started to wear me down. And and by the end of last year, when I came home uh, from Europe, uh, actually, when I came home from Australia, that was the last thing I did. Um, I was in pretty bad shape. It took oh, me a to month to recover from it. And, um, and uh and how I, are you doing now well funny enough um i've taken the time since you know my last tour to really get myself back into shape physically and mentally and really just get myself dialed back in and i feel really good right now and that's why i've been working on the acoustic songs and, oh, good. and trying to put some stuff together but it's you know it's uh, 30 years i was on the road touring yeah sure, sure and um it just i wasn't good to myself i wasn't good to my body i didn't eat good i drank too much i uh -huh. toured way too much i didn't take long enough breaks in between and it just it all caught up with me but right, yeah. just in just since last november which is when i did my last shows um just since between then and now I'm, I feel 100% better. I feel really oh, good. Great, man. I'm, I'm really in a good spot right now. And that's why oh, I got so down to writing some acoustic stuff. Awesome. And uh, just a quick anecdote before we jump into Lighthouse. I saw CJ perform on one of my very ever first real concerts, Lollapalooza 96 yeah. in West Virginia. Okay. Wow. I believe I believe there was some sort of back and forth between a, a redneck in the audience and one of the Ramones, maybe CJ. Does that sound familiar? <laughs> um I, have, I remember some water bottle throwing. Uh yeah, I've had a, a couple of dust ups over the years with, <laughs> with unruly fans in the audience, but it's you know, it's all it's always part of the show. Yeah, sure, sure. anything else, you know, you're up there, you're doing your thing, it's and you know, if it was back in the seventies and people were spitting on you and throwing stuff at you, yeah. that was one thing because that was right. kind of the time period. Sure, but, sure. Fast forward to the nineties, it's like Come on, guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you said <laughs> well, you got a lot of. Then you said you kind of got a lot of abuse your first couple shows, but you were oh, able yeah. to to win everybody over pretty quickly. Yeah, pretty much everywhere I went for the first time. So even yeah. two, three years into the band, when well, wow. we were getting to some places for the first time, and people didn't want to see me, they wanted to see Didi. I got mm -hmm. spit at. I got yeah. hit with everything from bottles to boots to oh my god i can't <laughs> even imagine wow <laughs> he toughed it out though man that's that's awesome i mean really as far as replacement members go you really won the the hearts of the of the fans you know to this day well that's uh <laughs> and that's no small task i'll tell yeah. you i was the dd fan and when <laughs> yeah, I, yeah when i was the day that i you know i i was driving <clears throat> with a friend of mine in his truck and and it came over the on uh 
on uh, Long Island, we had a station called WDRE, and it was the alternative. What a great radio station. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. I grew, I grew up in Jersey, and like on cert, if I stood a certain way like at night, yeah. I could Hold get it. You know? <laughs> And it yeah. was like, oh, they played all the best stuff. Oh, my yeah. God. I was so jealous of people that lived like in New York. Yeah. And I could hear it every day. <laughs> so when it came over the radio that Dee Dee left the band, I turned to my buddy and I said, I'll never go to another Ramon show. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I think I've read that from you. Before. <laughs> that couldn't have been further from the truth because I went to every <laughs> Ramon show from every that single point one. on. But, um, uh, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I definitely – went kind of it was kind of trial by fire but i wouldn't have had it any other way uh you know to me you you always got to earn your spot and especially in a band like the ramones absolutely legendary classic band you know none of those guys were were easily replaceable i mean they Mm -hmm. had a bunch Mm -hmm. of drummers but you know replacing Didi, nobody thought that it would happen right right yeah and sue did you know cj was asked to join metallica twice or to audition for metallica whoa yeah. No, I had no, I no, I didn't know that. I've only yeah. been asked once. So. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I, I don't know. Honestly, like, um, I'm, I'm a bass player too, and so is Mike. So whatever, we're, we're holding down the low frequencies Absolutely. here. But you know, I'm like, I'm definitely like, uh, you know, a like a downstroke pick player you know what i mean and and like and i'm always like so impressed when i see people play with their fingers because i i mean i can't really do it it took me years to to feel that to make it right yeah it still doesn't quite feel right but it just looks cooler what playing with a pick no fingers oh yeah no it no it doesn't i think so and i think it has like a a, a more it gets more bassy for me i don't know look i mean it's a different it's it's a it's a different style like i know that you know what i mean it's like and i i I prefer the pick stuff whatever it's cool (laughs) yeah all right i promise we're going to talk about the lighthouse uh All right, let's just start off with a confession. We have this from Catherine Reven, Columbus, Ohio. She calls The Lighthouse a joyous nightmare. I definitely think this is a film to go into blind. Like other A24 films like The Witch and uh, Midsommar, it's a slow burn, which I loved. At first, I thought the beginning was fairly slow, but as it went on, chaos just kept ensuing, and it took a turn I didn't expect. It was a joyous nightmare, especially in Act 2 went on i was like what will happen next and the end when robert patterson's character looks into the light i just wanted to know what he saw kind of like the briefcase in pulp fiction or if it was just the light and just understood it like it represented everything the movie obviously is more visual than dialogue which i liked so i'm not i don't know if i would agree with yeah yeah, the dialogue is yeah but I, I don't know. I thought like I, it's it re- it really is just a, such a fantastic movie. I feel like the um the feeling of claustrophobia you mm-hmm. get in that movie. Um, I think it's like accentuated by the aspect ratio too. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And uh, like I don't know. It's it, it's like and the, and and also the feeling of the it is slow in the beginning, but I feel like that it's so necessary. Absolutely. <laughs> for it sure. To be slow. Sure. It's you know it's it takes a. Uh, it takes a trusting director to trust that the audience is going to stay with it through the slow pacing in the beginning. You know, nowadays everybody just does everything so quickly to make sure they have everyone's attention right away. Well, it but, totally uh, goes against the formula of so many deaths, so much violence, so much sex, you know, mm-hmm. in, in order, in place, you know, that, that most movies follow, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. It, it, the, the, the action sequences 
or the 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 more um, overt sequences are in such odd places in the movie, mm. and that's what makes the pacing of it. Um, to me, the movie is very disorienting, right? Hmm. In general, it's very disorienting. You know, from 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 all the different workings inside the lighthouse mm. to the arrangement of the house itself. Yeah, um, to the landscape, everything is kind of disorienting to you, and and it, that's really the view through um, Patterson's eyes. How he's not used to any of this, and he's just mm-hmm. trying to get through it and do whatever he needs to do. All the all the meanwhile, this psychological breakdown is is building up in the background. But the the what you what you're talking about the slow burn. In this movie, it's so unbelievably well paced. It's absolutely, it really, it really kind of like there's so many sucker punches in it that it really is um, uh, very um, disorienting. I mean, like, and some of the really strange, weird imagery, like um, the the one scene where. as they're, ha- I think it's as they're having a fight, and they show uh, they're both nude, and Defoe is naked over Patterson, and his <laughs> eyes are shining. Yeah, li- yeah. so like Greek mythology, right, and, right. Uh, that stuff is like, you know, he throws all these weird images in there, and it's so disorienting to you that it's like the the you know, it's like the the car accident thing. It's and you don't want to look but you have to look you have Mm. to stare at it you know Uh, uh. really the to to me anyway the 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 comment about it being a slow burn is this movie epitomizes that and that's a term you hear a lot now you know that there's there's a lot of directors now who are using that um but but eggers obviously hasn't mastered he's really masterful in his use of that Absolutely. Just everything's just so meticulous. I love it. Yep. Um, so Catherine is is speculating on what the light could represent. Do you guys have an opinion on that when when uh, Robert Patterson finally gets to see the light and, and what it does to him? Do you think that that means something specifically or do you think it's just uh, it's just uh, him going crazy? I think every time I see it, I have a different idea <laughs> of, of what it is. Um, uh, I, it's capitalism. Uh, really? So, well, well, that's that, that that's what that's what the yeah, you know, that's the, what someone was saying. Yeah, the late the latest uh, you know YouTube uh, horror film reviewer. Yeah, <laughs> said, I mean, I got I know. got her point of that. It was two men competing to be at the top type mm-hmm. of thing. But right. I, I really didn't take it as a metaphor for. I, I think that I think that that's what, one of the things that makes this movie so classic, though. Mm-hmm. That you know, it's I feel, and that's like one of the things that makes something a classic. You know that, that sure. you know that you can interpret it in a lot a lot of different ways. Uh, that that you know that makes sense. Um, I don't know, I, and I don't I don't I don't know if we'll ever know. Like, yeah, what, oh yeah, yeah. I, I really <laughs> doubt Agers is going to come out someday and be like, "This is exactly what happened." You know, this is what <laughs> yeah. this is supposed to mean, and that's supposed to mean. What do you think, CJ? Did the light represent something? I don't know that the light actually represented. Um, uh, anything specifically to i mean obviously to patterson the light represents you know knowledge it's 
the knowledge, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. like it, he's, he wants to know, he has to know what, but to me, the, the overt theme with the lighthouse was, it was like a big giant phallic. Yeah. 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 That's you know what I mean. Yeah. Was, I almost, <laughs> that was kind of the overt thing. And there's like sure. a lot of, of, um, guy on guy kind of stuff in <laughs> yeah. here, you know it, right, it, right. it was the 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 overt theme was very gay in my opinion it's, it's a, i mean it's a very interesting uh depiction of a kind of masculinity mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and uh like you know i and and like and yes yes it's very gay the interactions between them like all the interactions it's just it reminded me a lot of um classic um I, when i say classic i mean 40s and 50s style movies where the 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 male lead and the female lead always had like these um, you know, very complicated, argumentative, kind of bitter mm-hmm. relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was really their their underlying lust for each other sure. that was mm-hmm. really driving the whole thing. There was a lot of that in this movie. You know? <laughs> there was a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, do you think I, I kind of got the sense that Willem Dafoe's character was gay and uh, Robert Patrick's character just didn't know what he was he was just going crazy yeah but the the yeah and that's that kind of um oversimplifies the characters yeah it does. <laughs> right i'm just saying sure. you know in my opinion overtly that was uh that was a major um part of the of the movie the the interactions from the from the you know the from the lighthouse itself to you know they're drinking and dancing with each other and then at one scene Willem Dafoe tries to kiss him and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but there's also um there's also some really interesting thing about Patterson's character in that you know basically you find out that he was you know he killed that dude off he let yeah. that guy die right and and took his name and escaped because his name was already shit because he was a you know he was really just like a, a drifter you know, right, right, uh-huh. right, right. name and started a new life. And he, you know, and, and he gets this job as the, as the wiki on the, uh, at the, at the lighthouse. And, you know, he has this thing in his head that he's just going to work and he's going to start his life over. And he finds himself drawn right back into the, it, it, you know, he can't escape his own character. You know, yeah. interesting. He interesting. can't escape himself. You know, he's looking for a way looking you know he wants to escape his life he wants to find something else you know sure and uh and uh he he couldn't he just couldn't escape himself yeah well speaking of robert pattinson uh sarah peterson from somerville south carolina carolina says it really helped me take robert pattinson seriously as an actor yeah there may not have been a lot of resolution but i thought every scene was masterful with the impact it left yeah, yeah. I think uh, every scene of every Robert Eggers movie so far is impactful <laughs> in the way that it's. You know, it's he yeah. doesn't leave any stone unturned. You know, I, I love that. I love how he's just taken, you know, the Hollywood director formula and and just perfected it. Like he, there, there isn't one single molecule that isn't in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. What did you think of the witch, CJ? Oh my God! I, I, he. It's this is one thing I have to say about his movies. 
you could take any one scene from his movie, any, any, there are no throwaway scenes in his right. movie. Right. Sure. Yeah. Even his, even the scenes where he's setting up something, even those stand alone by themselves as mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. pieces of art. It's so yeah. bizarre in that he can make the most seemingly superficial things right. become intensely uh, just in, draw you in. And, and the witch, I felt like that um, in the in the lighthouse, there were some scenes that um, that don't really uh, like when they're dancing together and stuff. And, you know, there's some scenes that obviously were just setting up what was what was to come. So the whole dancing thing and he could have they probably could have edited that down a little bit. But the witch is so stripped down. The witch mm-hmm. is like just unbelievably brutal from one second to the next. It's so stripped down. There were there is no wasted shots or dialogue mm-hmm. in that film. Mm-hmm. None, absolutely zero. It's uh, I, I thought I thought that that movie it like it like it made me think about evil like yeah. so much. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And like um I I thought I was it, I I just couldn't get out of my head after seeing that movie like you know if you believe that like evil is a thing right that exists in the world yeah uh, as a force or something um and perhaps that stuff like civilization and you know order can like you know kind of push it back or at least like hide it mm-hmm. um. But you know, I get, I get, but but I feel like you also like have to like believe in evil for it to like yeah. maybe have power over you. I mean, you know, this is just me just talking out my ass. But like, <laughs> but like, I feel like, man, if there is, e- if there was like evil that like lived in like North America, <laughs> like they must, it must have had a grand old time with those pilgrims and puritans. Yeah, you know, <laughs> man, like they're like all alone there out in the wilderness, and they really, really, really believe in Satan. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the 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 thing that the witch, um, to me anyway, I mean, the, there's the the obvious thing at the end where she's um in the uh, the barn and she's talking to Black Philip and says, uh-huh. you know, if you can speak, speak to me in English, you know, like, uh-huh. and just as she gives up and starts to walk walk away, and Black <laughs> Philip responds, and suddenly. Everything makes sense to you. It, it uh-huh. just in the what do you desire? Right. right. Or, or he says, "Do you desire the taste of butter?" Dost thou like similar right, time when someone butter. would sell their soul for some butter? Right. <laughs> well, that's the crazy thing is that yeah. it, it show you know to me anyway. It's like there is the devil exists. There is evil in the world, and we are so easily bought off because. We already have evil inside us, and all he has to do is speak to us, and it comes out. Hmm. And that is such a crazy concept to, to consider that all the devil needs to do is to prove his existence, and we flip for the taste of butter. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like for real oh, though. It's such a cool concept to think of, but th- uh, that's what I'm saying about this guy. He is, he is, a, a, he's. He'll he'll be re, I'm guaranteed he's going to be like Malik to me. Malik to me is he's absolutely my favorite. But Eggers, 
um, is now doing kind of what Malik did in uh-huh. that he is creating his own his own world. He's bringing us into his own world mm-hmm. using very, very simple, basic concepts of things that we grow up with and think about, but we don't often voice to the outside world. Right. Yeah. They, you got a lot of deep perspectives on these CJ. Have you ever uh, considered do it, doing some screenwriting or something like that? seems like you really uh, have a, a passion for cinema. I would, I would absolutely love to take a shot at it someday. Yeah. Yeah. And we I, talked I, to Richie and he's uh, I think he's making a monster movie right now. Surprisingly. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what, if, if you could make any type of movie, what, what movie would you make CJ? Oh boy. I really, I, I really do enjoy the movies with the universal themes, good versus mm. evil, and all of that stuff. But the, um, but I, I also really like the artistic aspect of it. And just like you know, Edgar shoots and you know, shot this one in black and white. You know, shot the, uh, the lighthouse in black and white. He uses very basic tools and things that we're familiar with to to wrap his message in. So it mm. all feels vaguely familiar, mm. but at the sure. time it's unbelievably disturbing when you watch right. it and right. you see it come to life on the screen, even though it's stuff that we think about and consider and everything else, when you watch it unfold and told as masterfully as right. he does it, it, it's suddenly like this huge monstrous thing that's been living in your own you know, subconscious Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden you're seeing it come out on the screen and that's what draws you in. You can't even fight it off. You, you know, good movies make you suspend reality, right? They make you forget about reality and you're willing to accept everything. I think these days, a lot of people are willing to do that. Video games have made us more uh, likely to suspend reality. Um, Mm. Our belief in superheroes and role playing, Mm. all these things have kind of taken away, um, the the uh what we used to have was when you went to see a movie if something didn't seem realistic you would be like well that's not very realistic you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) that's not what a sharknado looks like (laughs) (laughs) but but you know these guys guys like you know eggers they can put the most crazy stuff up on the screen and and you you don't even you stop considering whether or not it's realistic. You stop, sure. you know, judging it or you're so wrapped up in the story and he pulls you in with things that are very intimate to you and reality is gone. You don't even care. You're living right. in the world that he wants you to live in. Right. That now, is- let me ask you to this. Um, do you think Eggers could do a non-period piece? Could he do a, a movie set in present day? Um. Yeah, I, I, to tell you the truth, I, I, I can't really say. I mean, uh, you know, I've only, you know, he's only got a couple of movies um, besides um, some shorts. And I mean, realistically, somebody who's as somebody who's as talented as he sure. is, he yeah. could probably take a turd and make it interesting. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah. And that's, you know, a lot of times you see movies that obviously the storyline isn't that great. Um, you know, the, even sometimes the dialogue isn't that great. So they bring in a great director and some really right, great actors right. and they, and they turn it into something good. You know what I mean? They, mm-hmm. they, they squeeze the best they can out of it. 
Um, and I, I'd be willing to bet that, pro- you know, just judging by what I've seen from him, he could probably make anything interesting. And it's sure. really got a lot to do with his perspective. You know? Sure. His perspective right. on things. He's just not making a period piece. This isn't – he's not just making a piece like – um you know, um, Amadeus, like I've seen plenty of period movies that you watch them and the dialogue doesn't line up. Right. Well, yeah. And like a movie like Amadeus, it's like, what if the eighties were (laughs) in the 1700s? It's a recipe for wackiness. (laughs) Right. I love that movie, by the way. Sometimes, um, you know, that's a good example of when making a period piece is not done correctly. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? When it's, when you don't have, um, uh, uh, an artist's view of it. It's, you know, it's really a, a filmmaker, a film studio's view. Um, right. And they just, you know, okay, we'll throw in this much action and we'll get the biggest actors and blah, 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 blah. And then you get something like that. That's like laughable almost. And, and while the, you know, while some of the actors um, performances are really good and everything else, it doesn't come together on, uh, you know, in general. Sure. It doesn't sure. make a good movie. It makes a couple mm-hmm. of good, you know, memorable moments, a couple of good performances, but in general, not a good movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He um, obviously right. has a, an eye for detail and, sure. and, and and realism, and that's such a, a strange thing. Sure. Of yeah. course, it's very unreal what happens in the movie, but mm-hmm. – the, the combination of the two of this incredibly – the dialogue is perfect. Their accents are perfect. The scenery, their clothing. The, yeah. the lighting. The lighting. Yeah, the lighting. Like Angles. all of that stuff is so perfect. And then he takes a story that is so outrageously <laughs> right, right. crazy. Yeah. Um, he probably could make a Sharknado seem realistic if you think about it. <laughs> right. Well, he could make you believe it anyway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, now, has this? I've taken. I've actually kind of taken from his meticulous efforts uh, and put. I, I I kind of aspire to make an album, a musical album like that someday, where it's just meticulously solid from front to back. Has this? Uh, do do movies in, inspire your your music at all? Oh yeah. That, it, that's something that I always, you know, that I, when I talk with, with people about writing music, mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, I try to tell them you're, if you're sitting down to write music and your only influence is music. Right, right. Yeah. It's not, you know, it may be musical and it may sound good, but, uh-huh. you know, you're, you're missing. It's like painting with one color. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? When I write the, you know, all the poetry I've written, all the movies I've seen, all the beautiful places I've been, all the intense relationships I've had. And I don't mean to make my, you know, my lyrics and my music sound like this incredible, incredibly groundbreaking, beautiful piece of art. But those are the things that I'm thinking about and that I'm mm-hmm. feeling when I sit down to write lyrics or when I sit down to write a song. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not. It's not just about, you know, um, you know, figuring out which chords fit together and adding sure. a melody and some words. You know what I mean? You got to be putting feeling into it. You know, there has right. to be right. something behind it other than music that's driving mm-hmm. you. I w- I've always been way more driven by my need to say something, my need to express myself than I ever was 
my need to be good at playing bass or guitar. Hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. It's always, you know, and I guess that's kind of the Ramones too. You know, that's yeah. The, I'm a I'm an okay I'm an okay bass player right, and a me mediocre guitar player. But yeah, me too. My my drive to say and express, you know, the things mm -hmm. inside me is what what makes me do what I do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, absolutely. It, people are like, oh, we should get together and jam. I'm like. I can't jam. I'm not I can't a jam. Yeah, I'm not a good jammer. I hate jamming. I'm going up and down the board trying to find the note that everyone else yeah. is on. I hate jamming. You know, my 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 method for writing song for writing my last few albums was after, you know, my wife and kids were in bed, uh when we were back in New York, I went down to my basement with a pot of coffee and a bottle of Jack Daniels and I would just Nice sit there and and you know i'd be surrounded by you know all my books and all my artwork and and just in my own little bubble in my own little world and i would sit down and i would i th and that's how i'd write here since we moved to california i have a walk-in closet that i go into and lock myself in and <laughs> or i go sit out on the back porch where we have a really nice view of mount diablo and and i'll sit oh, there wow. i need to really that's how i write that's my creative process you know Oh, so you are on the West Coast now? Yeah, I'm on the West Coast. Oh, I thought you were still here. Nope i I moved <laughs> out to uh, I moved out to California, um, July of 2018. Oh wow. Uh, where whereabouts in California? I don't I don't like know geography. Right. <laughs> Sorry. So Mount oh, Diablo <laughs> doesn't necessarily mean anything. I'm up near San Francisco, right across the bay. Oh, nice. cool. My brother lives up there. Okay. Um, in like uh, Livermore or something. Okay. Yeah, he's right up the road from me. Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. You guys, you guys should hang out. He's really funny and smart. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> Sue always wow. finds Sue just knows every everyone. Every time she's on the podcast, she ends up <laughs> having these connections to people. Um. All right. Let's read this one from Chris McPhee, Manassas, Virginia. This one's kind of long. Uh, I saw the lighthouse as part of a movie night I did with friends because of the isolation stuff. Um, it's one of those black and white movies that really feels like it was the perfect choice to do black and white rather than a gimmick, especially with light being a key element of the film, literally and figuratively. It's got interesting choices and unreliable narration and multiple interpretations. And each of my friends who saw it had different ideas on what elements meant that all uh, seemed pretty valid. There's a very good scene that isn't too spoilery, depending on how seriously you take spoilers, that you should look up before you record tomorrow. Uh, I think she's uh, referring to the cooking scene with Willem Dafoe uh, that uh, will make you wonder why Willem Dafoe you found to be didn't lobster? get nominated for an Oscar. Oh my God! Are you? I know. CJ, how many times have you rewatched that clip on YouTube? Because Sue and I do constantly. <laughs> Which one? Hark! Hark! Triton! Hark! Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Yep. It's one continuous shot. Uh, he is and like Willem Dafoe is incredible actor like incredible. absolutely really 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 super talented multiple crazy changes in roles and characters and everything else um uh but i think this is probably my favorite performance by him i think so too it's not even just the words and the elevated language it's like God, the the light, the lighting, and how it yeah. changes yeah. like throughout that whole speech, and also yeah. the like wounded, the absolute 
wounded look on his yeah, face yeah. and he's like oh you funded me lobster. right and it's like <laughs> we can all relate to that i think internally in some way when someone like uh, uh, insults something they don't even know they're insulting and for whatever reason it's so important to you yeah. that it just hurts that bad and you want to stand up and deliver a speech like that you know but like you know is that like a evidence of like a codependent abusive relationship <laughs> you know yeah. i mean <laughs> something <laughs> yeah um they should do like a parody of like Oprah with these guys on it, you know, Doctor <laughs> Phil or something like that. That would yeah. be funny. And, and one thing that we haven't really mentioned yet is, uh, you know, that that scene ends with, uh, "All right, well, I like your cooking," and the whole, right. the right. whole have it, have it your way. Yeah, <laughs> we we haven't mentioned the humor in this thing. It's not above oh, just a silly little little joke like that, you know. Yeah. I was thinking we we were I, when we were we rewatched this the other day. We were just thinking about what would that scene be like. If it didn't end with Robert Pattinson right, being like, right. have it your way. I like your cooking right, right. or whatever. You know, what if it just cut to yeah. like the next? And I think a more pretentious director might have done that. He might, mm-hmm. he might have been like, oh, we can't put a joke at the end of that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that, it just, it, there perfect. is so much humor in this movie. It's just, uh, you know, it's the blackest of black humor, of course. Right. But it, there's even some kind of slapstickish kind of stuff absolutely the farting yeah goes to empty the bedpan Uh. (laughs) throws them in the turds and everything blows back on it's like that's hilarious yeah Yeah. just like you said this guy can make a turd look good (laughs) it reminds me of that scene in the big lebowski uh with uh the ashes you know scattering the uh the ashes uh i don't remember that one okay never mind you know i gotta admit i don't love that movie as much as everybody else seems to Oh, well, that's where you're wrong. You a fan of Lebowski, CJ? A fan of the big Lebowski? Yeah. No. Mm. Ah, two against one here. All right, then. I'm not. Sorry, guys. No code. <laughs> <laughs> I, that was, um to me, that was very much like uh, a frat humor movie, in my opinion. Oh, man. Sue's about to deliver the uh, Hark Triton speech on yeah. you right now. She, I can see her boiling. I thought you liked the Cohen brothers. <laughs> You're uh, fond of me, Cohen. You're fond of me, Cohen brothers. <laughs> no, that's like, I don't know. I probably like it. I, I, I think like, it's fine, but I don't see why people worship them. Oh, movie. chill out. Listen, you know, like, so, like, so I didn't really get, I didn't really start giving a shit about movies until about a year ago, maybe two, yeah. I think. Oh, I'm serious. I got her. I, you know, no, you didn't. You, I, you what, know what? Who did? else did? Heat. The movie Heat did. I'm oh, I, so. Oh, no, I'm serious. I, I had never seen it, and it was like on HBO or something. I'm like, hey, let me watch this movie. Everyone talk, was talking about this a lot, like 20 years you ago. You would have never saw The Witch if I hadn't made you. All right. Yeah, well, I would have. I like, I, you know, whatever. Anyway, here's here's the thing. I I I I was never someone that like cared about like camera angles or right. you know editing. I, you know what I mean? It I, it just didn't interest me so, for some reason. Seeing heat ignited a fire within me <laughs> to like learn the language of film. You right. know, um. So I I kind of feel like my what I would say my favorite movies are now are real different than what they were maybe a couple years ago before I really started mm-hmm. kind of studying them in a different way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You a fan of Heat, CJ? Heat? Yeah. Oh, you are we uh, so Heat. Is that the um I think Pacino, De Niro, Pacino, right? De, yeah, yeah, yeah Pacino, Robert De Niro. So Mike Mike it's like uh, it's like a uh, super cop versus super yeah. robber, you know. So, um 
It's got so like Val Kilmer. It would have been it. right after the Adios Amigos era. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm not a big Pacino fan. Oh man. I'm. I'm. Fair enough. I'm. I don't. The the one Sue's head is about to explode. I really like that Pacino was in was Dog Day Afternoon. You know, I've never seen that. I rented that once back in the blockbuster days, and somehow I never got around to watching it, and I had to return it. If you could, if you, if you get a chance, watch it again. It is really, it's really a a, a great movie. It really is. It's a, okay. it's a great movie, and it Pacino's acting style is really over the top. <laughs> yeah, you know, like every role he's in, you know, I feel like his acting is really, really over the top. In that movie, it fit really well. Okay. In that movie, you know, I really liked his character in that movie, and and it really was almost perfect fit for his acting style. But um, uh, that one in Serpico, I thought he was good in Serpico too. Uh huh. You have to remember, I'm years older than you guys, so mm-hmm. like movies like Heat and stuff like that are kind of past the heyday of the movies that uh, that I watched as a kid, and uh-huh. and I think in. Uh, you know, I think filmmaking in the 80s and the 90s, while there are some, you know, really super bright spots, there's a you have to wade through a lot of garbage to get to the really good I ones. Complete, I can completely understand that. Mm. Hey, you know what I was I, I was going to say? Can we just talk for two seconds about how awesome A24 is? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, you know how, you know, you'll be watching, I don't know, watching an ad will come up on YouTube or something and you'll be like, oh, I, must, I have to skip the ad. But then you'll see the A24 sure. logo pop up and you'll be like oh i must watch this with my full undivided attention because <laughs> a24 is just one of those i just know i'm probably gonna like everything yeah. they put out boutique studio yeah just just like my favorite record labels mm-hmm. you know just like my favorite like a uh, video game distrib- distribution studios you know what i mean like they just have a feel for the kind of stuff i like yeah, concentrate <laughs> on quality instead of quantity yeah so do you like any other a24 movies cj so is that where you guys are, are going to for your – is that like where you're going to for your suggestions? I mean, you know, it's kind of, it's kind of like – you know when like a, a, rec- a label that you're – that tends to put out stuff that you like, you know, right. puts out a new record of a band you don't know? You, you know, you know, you might check okay. it out first. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like, Well, I mean the, the – Obviously, the films we're talking about are all all pretty much underneath underneath A24 put out by them. So yeah, 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 yeah. It's um, but like I haven't seen uh, Midsummer. I haven't seen Hereditary. There's you know some on my list I haven't even seen yet. So Mm -hmm. highly recommended. Yeah, I liked them both. A lot. They they weren't uh, The Witch or The Lighthouse, though. Uh, That's that's true. That's true. But uh, I think that. I, I I've watched Midsummer like three or four times. Really? Yeah, and uh, and I I think that I'm just get, I'm just getting more. It's one of those movies that I think you really need to see a couple of times to okay. I really, try watching it again. Really understand. And Hereditary, I actually haven't rewatched, and I really want to. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, what's funny is we see all these movies right across the street from where uh, CJ played at the Metro Gallery. That's our, oh, yeah, the Charles uh, our little, Theater, little local oh, art cool. house theater. Uh, if you ever get a chance to stop by there, it's a really nice theater. Um, all right. Last one here is from Christopher Calabrese, Baltimore, Maryland. Wait, I know him. Yeah, we both know him. It was mostly cool. 
pretentious as fuck, though. <laughs> oh, Reese. Uh, I asked him what he meant. He said, at times, especially at the end, when it gets kind of quote unquote symbolic, dot, 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 <laughs> question mark, it just takes a turn that's more for art's sake than anything else. Yeah. Hmm. What turn do you think he's talking about exactly? Um, I think when it stops, um, when the it, we stop really being able to make sense of right. what is actually going on, right. as far as like the unreliable narrator and like, wait, wasn't he just dead? Didn't he just get chopped chopped up by an axe in the last scene? Why is he still alive? You uh-huh. know, uh-huh. It's, it's, it's stuff and like that. The whole thing with him opening up the light and seeing the bright light, and then finding himself on the beach with you know the the, the seagulls p- picking out his butt. <laughs> I, you know, I think a lot of people probably were disappointed with an ending like that. You know, like they think the two are going to go sailing off into the sunset, (laughs) (laughs) live together at sea. I I really think, um, you know, uh, definitely you have to kind of be a fan of of art and art house, yeah, yeah, to to appreciate an ending like that. So uh-huh. I I totally get it, you know. If you're like a straight up horror movie fan, yeah, then, you're probably not going to dig this one yeah, too too much. Gonna, a it, lot of yeah, I know for a fact a lot of horror fans were disappointed with it because they right. thought it was going to be more of a horror movie. Yeah. Now that, but that you know that's what I. So horror is a great genre, right? I mean the the, the I I grew up watching horror films, so you know I I love horror, but. You know, now that I'm older and I appreciate like more different type of stuff, I like movies like this that kind of combine the aspect, you know, some aspects of horror, some aspects of drama, some Mm. aspects of art. You know, I love movies that can take all that different stuff and put it into uh, 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 one just to combine all those things into one movie mm. i i really appreciate that way more it takes a lot more talent and 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 um appreciation for cinema in general to be able to create a movie like that than it is to make just a straight up horror movie so yeah sure sure not you know not talking horror movies down or people who are into straight up horror movies at all i love the genre i love and there's some really crazy stuff being made now but it's been a great horror, age for horror lately yeah the lighthouse. The new Candyman. Did you see the trailer for that? Which one? The trailer for the new Candyman. Jordan Peele. No. Oh, it looks amazing. Candyman. Clive Walker, correct? Yes, the original yeah. one. This I is going to be a sequel to the original. I was a Clive Walker fan, like from when he first started putting out books. So I was really, really when they started to make movies out of his uh-huh. books, I was like, wow, I can't believe it. But um. Uh, his books, um, a lot like, um, uh, Stephen King are tough translations into movies. They have to change. Uh Absolutely. They have to change. Their books are so incredibly intense. They Mm. really have to change the basic storylines, uh, a lot of times just to be able to put it into a film. Yeah, um, which means no orgy at the end of it. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> so I um uh so I tend to prefer um uh f- for those two guys anyway, I pretend, I tend to prefer their books over their movies. 
But okay. going back to uh, what I was saying before, yeah, Lighthouse, not a horror movie. Definitely sure. aspects of a horror movie in there, but definitely not. So if you're a horror fan and you went to see that, I can totally understand why you would have mm-hmm. been disappointed. Mm-hmm. If you're a fan of cinema, you had to love it. Yeah. Okay. Um, just real quick before we go, could you tell us just a few of your favorite uh, horror movies? So, all right. So I, you have to remember now, like I said, so when I was a kid, probably um, the the movies that had the biggest impact on me um, was The Exorcist. Uh, the Exorcist is one of my all-time favorite movies, period. Yeah, though. me too. Uh, just crazy, crazy great. But I used to love a lot of the satanic flicks. There was one called The Brotherhood of Satan that I huh. really, really liked. And when I watch it now, I don't understand why I liked it so much. But, I, <laughs> right. you know, it came out, I think, when I was like eight or nine. So I was watching these really super intense horror flicks <laughs> from when I was really young. My dad right. used to take us to the to the drive-in theater. And we were oh, watching, nice. watching like um, The Incredible Two-Headed Man Experiment, Frogs, The Brotherhood of Satan. And then you Whoa. get like a couple of cartoons in there. And, and <laughs> just throwing a few cartoons for good measure. Yeah, like literally. Because what it would be was be you'd pull into the movie theater, mom and dad and the kids, uh, and they would have cartoons for the kids in the beginning, and you would get popcorn and soda, and then mom and dad would, you know, you'd have your sleeping bag and your pillows, and mom and dad would oh, you know, wow. you to the to the back seat where we would all supposed to go to sleep right, while right. they watch their movies. Damn, to this day, I've never sleep. been to a theater, drive through theater. Oh yeah! Oh God! There's only one around here. But um, yeah. uh, So like a lot of the horror stuff, like Friday the Thirteenth and the Amityville Horror, and like I went to see all these movies when they first came out in theater. Mm -hmm. And back in the day, like we would on opening day, the day that Friday the Thirteenth came out in my hometown in Deer Park, Long Island. Um, I went to the theater. I paid to get in at the first showing on a Saturday, which was like, you know, 10 30, 11 o'clock. And then in between showings, I would hide in the bathroom and I, literally, <laughs> nice. I literally stayed there and watched like five showings of it before they finally caught me and threw me out. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so it, like, you know, and I, and I got to see all those classic movies, you know, I, right. I don't know if people consider, you know, uh, The Exorcist and Friday the Thirteenth and Halloween. I do classics, but to me, we just are- had uh, we just had the the um, Shelley from Part Three on the podcast a few all weeks right. ago. Yeah, right. He's awesome. He's a great yeah. dude. Yeah. So I mean, all that stuff and Jaws is another one of my favorites of all time. I, yeah, me know, too. Not necessarily a horror flick, but again, aspects of a horror movie. Mm-hmm. In it. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Alien um, and. Uh, the alien series i absolutely love it's you know it's definitely in my top five um but yeah so that's the that's really the time period that that i was into horror was you know that and of course it came they all came out when i was a teenager Um, so that's my uh that's my time period there but okay, yeah, awesome the the Any, any other horror fans in the uh ramones johnny was right oh yeah johnny totally yeah johnny and Dee Dee. Nice. I think. All right. I don't think Tommy was Tommy. I don't think Tommy and Joey were, but uh, Johnny and Judy definitely. Mark was into science fiction big time. All oh, hmm. right, right. Okay. Nice. 
All right, guys, any uh, final thoughts on the lighthouse before we go? Uh, I can't believe that they actually, like, built it as they, a set. They, right, yeah. Yeah, that, was, that blew my mind that they, you know, built it with bricks and or whatever, you know, or I don't know. Maybe they built it with, like, Nerf, you <laughs> well, know? I'm sure they <laughs> built it authentically. I bet they built it exactly how it was, really would be. Yeah. But, yeah. like, you know, like, watching, like, I've watched a little bit of, like, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff for that, and and it, and, and I, I, it blew my mind that that wasn't a lighthouse that had been standing mm-hmm. there for 200 years, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But it was built for built for this movie. Yeah. The, awesome. two, two really cool things, um, about it that I wanted to mention. One sure. shot on 35 millimeter film. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so cool. <laughs> I really, really, really dug the fact that they shot it on film. That's absolutely. That's one thing I really dug about it. But the other thing is, is it's filmed in Nova Scotia. Uh-huh. It was filmed in Nova Scotia. And I have like, I love Nova Scotia. I liked all the Canadian Maritimes, but Nova Scotia, I really, really, really I have like a strong connection to it and it was just just knowing that it was filmed there was like a cool thing for me there's a song on um which album is it I think on on my it's either last chance to dance or American Beauty I have a song called carry me away that I wrote while I was on a uh motorcycle trip um I rode up the east coast uh up into Canada took a ferry and rode uh, all over uh, Nova wow. Scotia, and um, I had a little breakdown. And while my bike was getting worked on, I uh, was reading about this town that I was in called Pubnico, and um, I came up with a, you know, I just made up a little story about it and wrote this song called "Carry Me Away," and it it would have fit that movie perfectly. But, That's awesome. Um, That's the movie you should make. Yeah, yeah, I'll tell you, it, it, definitely this movie. Best movie that came out last year. Um, oh, yeah. And he has I, another one coming up in a couple years called The Norsemen. Do you guys know that? No. It's going to be about Vikings. Cool. Oh, you're kidding. With Defoe. Yes. Oh, yeah. You know, one one quick thing, too. I thought Defoe would have been great in uh, The Witch as the father. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that. But the guy who played the dad, um, his... Defoe is a very powerful actor, and this guy was a little more understated. And I think, right. and he really that guy fit the part so well. He really, really fit the part so well. But immediately in the first ten minutes, when I was watching it, I thought to myself immediately, "Why didn't Defoe play the father?" Huh. You know? huh? Interesting. So you thought that even before the lighthouse? Yeah. Oh wow! Cool. No, no, I saw the lighthouse first. Oh, oh okay. okay, okay. I saw the witch after I saw the lighthouse. Man, huh. now, yeah. I gotta think. I gotta think about what the witch would be like. Right, with the phone right, now. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll amuse myself with that later. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you so much. This has been a great episode. Uh, once again, where can people find you on social media, CJ? The CJ Ramon, T H E E CJ Ramon. That's on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Also, cool. All right, I'll follow you. Me too. All right. <laughs> All right, thank you so much, CJ. Thank you, Sue. All right, great talking to you. Thank you, listeners. And we'll see you next time on The Confessional.